What's poppin' everybody? Welcome to another episode of Pre-Game and Pigskin. While we were sharing the show, I got put in share jail, but they put me out immediately, so I'm happy with that. Um, I just had to verify my account, so welcome to Pre-Game and Pigskin. I'm Wire to Wire Gene. To my left, I got the Prince of Production on Sports Empire Network. That's the King, Kyle Edwards. How you feeling, Kyle? Doing good, doing good. We got a Hall of Fame game, which means... Football's officially on the calendar, so I can't wait. And I'm just happy to be here again with you guys. Football back. Speaking of football back, I got my man T-H-E-G-O-D-F-R-E-Y. My man, D. Godfrey. How you feeling, brother? I'm feeling good. I feel like the Hall of Fame game is like that first pot of coffee where you take a sip and you're like, do I like this? I'm back. I'm back. All right, I like this a little bit. Or you're cooking some chili, take a little taste. Maybe some sauce, depending on who you are. Never call gravy, you know, a stew, whatever. That first little taste, because I'm not going to lie. I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to be intently watching the Hall of Fame game. I'll be looking at it like, that's football again. We're back. And then something will happen. I don't know. So it's just like the ribbon cutting. Oh, I'm definitely still in share, Joe. I can't post in groups for 24 hours. Uh, it's hilarious, but that's how much I like to share shows. Sports Empire Network needs to love me for that. I'm a sharer. I'm a sharer and I'm a carer. What's happening, Jory? My girl Jory always in the chat. You want to talk about number one support in Sports Empire Network? It's Jory. Jory, you ever come to Philly? I got a meal for you. I got a meal ready for you. I, uh, shared into my, uh, fantasy football chat, but, um, I'm nervous about that. I want them using my opinions against me and picking up players, but. For the sake of the show, I've, I've, I've exposed myself. Godfrey does not allow me in his fantasy football league because he knows I will dominate <laughs> it. <laughs> it's a tight league, man. We haven't had anybody leave. I'm in, yeah, I'm in yeah, a yeah. lot of leagues. That's what there, they if say. There, if some, one opens up, man, I'll let you know. You never know. Um, but I do have a lot to get into tonight. But I, t- I, I will open the floor to start the show for my man, the Godfrey. Godfrey, T-H-E-E-G-O-D-F-R-E-Y. Godfrey is going to tell us what he would do if he was our agent for one of the running backs. He has a strong point on this with Jonathan Taylor. We're going to talk about that. We're going to break down the NFC West and the AFC West in our preview, pre-breakdown for pre-game and pigskin. But Godfrey, start us off. Give me your thoughts on the Jonathan Taylor situation and how you would like to control it as the agent. So I want to preface this before I say this because a lot of people get emotional. Like, it will never work. It will never work. We all know the odds are stacked against these guys as far as getting a new contract. We've seen it. That's not why we're talking about this. We're talking about how it could work or how you could approach it if you are a rookie as a running back coming out or a young NFL player with a couple seasons under your belt. So we have some, you know, if I'm the agent and, you know, I'm giving advice, you know, because everybody likes to blame the agent. You know, the agent has a fiduciary responsibility, so to speak. He has to advise his client and say, this is what I would do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's what the client is going to do. Okay. So people are shitting on Jonathan Taylor's agent and they're saying it's his fault. They don't know if Jonathan Taylor's like, nah, man, I want to get paid. Problem is to be a running back and get paid. In my opinion, you have to do it with certain factors on your side. Youth has to be one. You can't be year fives. That, that you're already devalued at that point, right? You have to have health. You can't be injury riddled for your first couple seasons. 
and you have to be a certain percentage of your team's offense. If you're a pass-heavy offense that you're involved in as a running back and they can plug you in with another pass-catching type of running back or some other running back because you just have a phenomenal offensive line a la Kansas City Chiefs, right? Um, Seventh-round pick they picked up, great draft pick. You know, you're not going to have as much leverage. However, if you're a Bijan Robinson type, let's theoretically say you come out of the shoot and you have two dominant seasons where we know it's a team that they're gearing up to run the ball most of the time in that offense. Well, when are you going to have leverage? If you're the star of the team, you're the center of the offense, I say after year two, one option is I want a new contract. Right? Now, people say you can't do that, you can't do that, CBA this, CBA that. Listen, if the team isn't worried about losing an asset because you're easily replaceable, then they're not going to negotiate. with They have no reason to come to the table. So you have to have youth, health, and productivity behind what your demand's going to be. Saquon Barkley doesn't have health, doesn't have youth anymore. When I mean youth, running back youth, right? When you look at Delvin Cook, he doesn't have youth anymore. He was one of the rare exceptions to get another contract, you know, later on in his career. Um, there's a reason why he's not signed anymore um, because he's probably asking for more and he's waiting it out to see if the advantageous situation pops up. You know, Jonathan Taylor, let's talk about him. Does, does he fit that criteria? Unfortunately, he does not. He had a great season the season before, injury riddled last season. He's in his third year. He's in, he was picked in the second round. I believe I thought it was third round, the second round. So he's only on a four year deal, but he's still got youth on his side, but you're coming off an injury. So, on top of that, if I'm the Colts and I'm, you know, they're requesting a trade, if the Colts were smart, are they going to be a playoff team this year? Probably not. Maybe next year. He still has some tread on the tire. Why don't you trade that asset and get something in return? By the time you're ready to compete again, can Jonathan Taylor contribute? You're going to have to be looking at this. This is year three. He's a four-year uh, contract. You're going to have to look, be signing him next year. He's requesting a trade. If they're a smart organization, they trade him now while he still has some value. Um, but he doesn't have that that leverage play. Um, I can give you an example in the past of where it has worked out for a running back, and I know the CBA is different. Emmett Smith brought the Cowboys to their knees at 0-2, and Jerry Jones cracked. Everybody, remember that, guys? Uh, they were 0-2, I remember, and he was holding out, and they were like, please come back, Emmett. Please come back. <laughs> they, they they caved. He came back. They met some of his contract demands. Different time, less money. It was more of a running game. But if you're running back, the only other the, the other option you have is, and I, I see this coming down the road, um, because people make pre-draft demands all the time. I want you to think John Elway. I want you to think Eli Manning. You know, that's the quarterback position, but it's happened before. Don't draft me. I'm not going to sign with you. I want to go into this offseason as an undrafted free agent. I want to I go one year and bet on myself because you can pretty much write your own destiny. Now, it's going to be ballsy for someone to do that because you're going to have to make sure you cash in. But for me, if that's what my agent and my client wants, that's what I'm going to tell them to do. This is the way to go. You know, it'd be unprecedented. But if, if you know, if you have a high draft pick caliber and, a team, and you're saying to the team, don't draft me, I'm not going to report to camp, sign me as undrafted free agent, you're going to think twice because you're going to have this asset out here that you you allocated to a higher draft pick, and this guy might not be able to contribute to your team. So, it, you know, people say it's unusual. It can't work. Um, 
you know, you can't do it because of the CBA says this and that. I, I don't buy that. You remember at one point, NFL players weren't allowed to be free agents. They won that right after baseball. So athletes in general weren't allowed to be free agents. So you never say never. And if I'm a running back and I know my shelf life is small, I'm trying to cash in on that second contract because of the rookie wage scale. It's going to be easier for someone, I think, that's a second round or later pick. But, you know, if you are a team that has a B. Sean Robinson, let's say he projects out like we all think he will with that offensive line, do you want to, do you want to tear up that contract and renegotiate? And people act like players are, you know, I, I get the supply and demand thing. They act like they're crazy for it. Owners don't honor contracts all the time. They cut people. But contracts get renegotiated. They get redone. So you just have to have these three things, youth, health, and you have to be at least 60% of that team's offense. It has to be that high of a clip rate because that one, that one that means you're, you're running the ball a lot as a team and you're getting a lot of usage. And the reason why you got to do it with youth, because if you're using getting used that much, come three or four, you're going to start to slow. The wheels are going to come off the bus and you won't have any leverage anymore. You, it only works if you have leverage. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, Godfrey, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. I do. Uh, I do think that telling a running back in the third year of their NFL career to hold out on their rookie contract is super risky. I understand. Super risky. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think that's going to be something that's going to catch on very well, especially with all the money they can find you in the CBA. Yeah. The one thing I do like that you said is I would tell them not to draft me. Please do not draft me. I will sign a contract as an unrestricted free agent. If you're a guy like Bijan or Saquon or Ezekiel Elliott, because what teams do is, and it's actually the new trend, the new trend in the NFL. You sign a running back early in the draft, first, second round, you run them to the ground in their rookie contract, and then you discard them and do it again. Kyle, your thoughts on Godfrey's soliloquy? I, like I mean, word. <laughs> it's like he said, it, it would be tricky to do that. And then, I could also see even if, you know, like uh, Jonathan Taylor or somebody was like, don't draft me, you know, there's going to be some owner who's just going to draft them anyway just to take the chance that they change their mind or something. Because we see how some of these owners are. They feel like, you know, they're they're the greatest ever. They feel like they like they are the team. And they're, they're not going to sit there and listen to the running back's wishes, especially if it's a position of need for them. But – I mean, if it could happen, it would be smart because if if I'm going to get drafted to a team and then by the time the team's actually good, I've been running to the ground so much that now they don't see the value in keeping me, then we're kind of just spinning our wheels here and and it's just never going to get any better for anybody. It's a conundrum though, isn't it? Yeah. Right? Am I using the right word here? I mean, you're saying you're not worth anything long-term, but we want to keep you short-term. Okay, that's fine. You want to keep my client short-term. Why don't we, since, you know, I'm not in your long-term plans, why don't you trade me while I have some value? And then I'll find someone that might. Because that's, it, it, you can't, it's like they want their cake and they want to eat it too. Like, I get. Well, they're getting their cake and they're eating it too, Godfrey. And that's why they don't you have pull the to cake. trade them. Mm-hmm. You got to pull the cake because at a certain point, the asset has to hurt to be taken away that's why you need those three factors of youth health and productivity to be able to do that saquon has been majorly hurt twice 
So you know the wheels are coming off that bus. Delvin Cook's been hurt. JT's coming off an injury-riddled season. These guys aren't picking their spots when they should. Le'Veon Bell, you have to know your audience, too. Are you a system running back? Let's be honest. Le'Veon Bell was a system running back. Okay? Are you ha- And sometimes this is... Le'Veon Bell was not a system running back. Uh, well, he sure didn't do well in any, in, in the other offense. I mean, was it age? What He wasn't... They didn't have any offensive line, bro. The Jets' offensive line was like 28th in the league that year. Uh, I I think they're the the way the Steelers play football is very advantageous to his skill set. I I don't think the the Jets. Did you not watch Le'Veon Bell mid career? I did. He was. I did. I also patience in the hole, hitting the holes accurately, catching the ball out of the backfield. Tons of checkdowns from Big Ben. Yep, that helps. I mean, checkdowns aren't easy to throw. Let Bell a system quarterback. That's like I mean, uh, running back. That's just like calling Tom Brady a system quarterback. Everyone's running a system, mm-hmm. right? It's his job to make that system work well, and he did, and he was elite. Lev Bell was was dominant. So who came after him in, in the Steelers' pantheon of uh, running backs? James Connor. Did just as well? No, he didn't. What do you mean? He kind of just as well as Lev Bell? You, you want, right. want me to stat check you there, bro? Yeah, but you got we're not so he has to have exactly the same stats. He was productive as a running back. Did they he lose wasn't as productive as Lev Bell was though, bro? You can't say things like that. Don't say of things half cocked. It's not Le'Veon half-cocked. Bell has they three 1,300 yard rushing seasons to add to the fact that he caught the ball for 854, 616, and 655. The guy had 85, 75, and 83 receptions his last full years. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, here's James Conner's stats, just just so you can compare. Talking about a guy who had two thousand all-purpose yards, and you're you're going to say James Conner compared to him? James no. Conner, I don't think has he ever ran for a thousand yards ever. Let's see, nope, never, not right. once. He ran for nine seventy-three in his best season. That was twenty eighteen. He ran for nine hundred seventy-three yards, and never caught the ball well. Never was a good receiving back. Yeah, but they didn't miss a beat. They did no. miss a beat. With Lev Bell, they were a, a premier team in the playoffs every year. Godfrey, I, listen, I follow your point until you say something like that. You're wrong. You're wrong. Just back, hey, backtrack. Backtrack. Pull the wheels back. Lev Bell and James Conner are not the same guy. Yeah, I didn't say they're the same guy. Listen. They, you said they, they didn't, didn't miss a beat. So 2,000 all-purpose yards to 900? What was the record season over season? I'll pull that up for you just so you have it. So 2016 to 2019. Gotcha, brother. Steelers record by year. I can't pull it up fast enough. I got it. I got it. 13 and th- they were 11 and 5, 13 and 3, 9, 6 and 1. Uh, the last three years of uh, Lev Bell, they were eight and eight, twelve and four, nine seven and one. The first three years without him. Okay, so there was one one season there where, where they just they went right back. I mean, I'm just they didn't pay the guy the money, and he didn't perform once he got out of there. I, I mean, the, I, you could say it was I'm all. Sorry, the I apologize. They were ten and six, eleven and five, and thirteen and three. The year he held out was 2018. They were nine, six, and one, eight and eight, and then they went twelve and four in twenty twenty. The twenty twenty campaign was the year that I apologize. I'm, I, I gave you guys the wrong information, uh, but 
13 and three was the last full year at Love Bell. Yeah. I think he did well in their system. And that, and that's, that's where you got to know. I just really do. I, I just think there's a difference between a running back that does well in a certain system and there's a running back that's all world that will do well in anybody's system. I just think there's a difference. You don't think, think Lev Bell was all world in the prime of his career and would have been done well in everyone's system? No, I don't. I do not think that. Absolutely not. Uh, I, I mean, I think with Bell, as long because, like Gene said, with his patient style, the offensive line pays a big part in that. And that's kind of where it fell apart with the Jets. Like like you said as well, Gene, the offense line just wasn't good enough. So when he was trying to patiently find a hole, there was nothing there. And I guess right. if you want to look at that as the Steelers system, then yes, the Steelers were better at forming offensive lines to help Le'Veon Bell. But I feel like if Bell was in another system, he could still be effective. It was just that the Jets was just the wrong team for him to go to. So it's kind of, I guess, tricky evaluating Le'Veon Bell because it fell off so fast after the Steelers. But it, it was just mainly because of the Jets situation. You must not, not remember that offseason, Chris. You must not remember that. Chris goes, I don't think so he, either. That's why there weren't a ton of teams vying for his services. He signed a four-year, $52 million contract. That's why he went with the Jets because they yeah. paid him $16 million a year. I'm sorry, that's did, bad, did, I don't know why I just did that. Did, didn't he lose like, money overall if he would have ended up staying with the Steelers? 100%. If he just signed the contract the Steelers originally gave him, he would have made just as much money. They offered him they offered him good money, and he thought he could get more. But don't don't act like no teams are vying for Le'Veon Bell. He just got the most money from the Jets. Mm-hmm. I disagree, Chris. I really do. I mean, listen, he, he wasn't a happy player either. When he was leaving, it wasn't just contract, man. There was a lot of a lot of smoke around that. Oh, 100%. I don't think – listen, a lot of these running backs and wide receivers are very diva-ish, and I get it. What, what we're talking about is a dying position in the running back where instead of having one guy, one bell cow, teams now have two, three, change of pace backs, and they keep fresh legs out there over and over again. The, the, the days of 25-plus carries for one running back are coming to an end. You're seeing 15, 10, and 5. If the team wants to run the ball 30 times, three different guys are running it. And I, I agree with that. That's a nice system. It's the way it should be in the NFL. And I'm sorry for running backs. But the truth is, good running backs are a dime a dozen. And you got to put money into the offensive line if you got a big marquee quarterback. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. It's going to go quarterback, offensive line. That's where the money's going to be positions. Watch how many positions you go through before you give running back. Watch this. Ready? We'll, we'll go through it. What's a better, more important position to a team, a quarterback or a running back? QB. Offensive right. line or a running back? O-line. Defensive line or a running back? Defensive line. line. A cornerback or a running back? Cornerback. A wide receiver or a running back? Wide receiver. Wide out. Yep. Now we go to, to linebackers or running backs. Two of the most dying breeds in football. And I'd yeah. still go linebacker. I would say running back is more important than safety, and that's it. Well, I mean, if you can, if you have a really good running system, like a Kyle Shanahan, but you need good offensive linemen, that's why I'm down on them this year because they've lost people, and or or a Andy Reid, 
you can get away with that because you have a system in place. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, I liked him coming out of college. He's a tough runner, but I, you know, I'm not saying he's all world, but he definitely gets the job done for him. He came on late in the season after about week six or seven, which is not unheard of because he was a rookie running back. You got to pick up the blocking schemes. You know, they had Jarrett McKinnon back there too. So they had the veteran for the passing downs. But see, the funny thing is what you just said, Isaiah Pacheco, for the Kansas City Chiefs when they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round just three years ago. No, but yep. that's the point. A sixth-round running back is just as good as a first-round running back. It is, but it's also that was also performance-related. CHE woefully underperformed. Okay, Sony Michelle was a first-round draft pick for the Patriots. How quick did they move on from him? Woefully underperformed, but he also came out of the, of the draft with bum knees from the, from the get-go. But I look mean, at running backs that are coming out. Like Aaron Jones is a fifth round draft pick. Look at all these running backs that are coming out, where they're where they're coming out and what they're producing. Look at the top yeah, running back in football. Aaron Jones got that second contract because he's played a lot of games and he's shown versatility. So and passing out of the backfield, um, willing to split time with AJ Dillon the way they did it. So mm-hmm. and they knew they were gonna probably be run heavy if Aaron Jones left. I mean, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, wrong Aaron. I mean, I, I just think um, that's true. But they also got that. Here's the thing. He got paid. They also were paying him fifth round money for the first like two, two, three years. You know, hundred I mean? percent. But I, that's what teams are looking for. Sure. Who got more carries in the NFC championship game? Miles Sanders, our second round pick or our fifth round pick, Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, I Kenneth Gainwell, but there's, there's so many. There's like layers to that, but yes, Kenneth Gainwell. Oh, but my point being is the Philadelphia Eagles knew they were moving on from Miles Sanders, so they're like, whatever, we're going to get Gainwell more carries. We're going to get the rest of the team more carries. Yeah, it's thank God that worked out. Um, but I don't know if they expect it. Miles Sanders, I just think he doesn't have good hands out of the backfield, too. That's another reason why. He doesn't, but like you look at the situation. Just Miles Sanders' perfect situation, right? He's getting $6.2 million this year in Carolina. The Philadelphia Eagles have four running backs making a combined less money than Miles Sanders this year. DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott. Add them all up. Spin them around. They're less than $6.2 million. It's crazy. It's wild. But that's what teams are doing. Smart business. Well, look, look what the Patriots did with James White for, for years. I mean, he made next to nothing. But, people, he... but people, Godfrey, people look at the running back position and say that it's you know it's the hardest position. Where you're getting hit more than now. It's not super easy. You go in there, you play twelve plays to fifteen plays a game. You make two million dollars, and it's easy. Look at the yeah. snap counts now. The snap counts are down significantly. I'll tell you right now, wide receivers are worth way more than running backs. Look at the routes run versus well, yeah. snap 100%. count. Games change that. Way. Look at the routes run for wide receivers. Every play they're running, they're getting touched by corners. I, I think wide receivers are just a million times more valuable. A million well, times. Well, listen, if you extrapolate that out to fantasy football, right? For a while, it was like, hey, let's, uh, you know, you got to take a running back in the first five picks, 10 picks, not anymore. Zero RB strategy, brother. Be careful <laughs> with that. Tread lightly on the zero RB. But I mean, zero RB. I but could even, go off on the zero RB, but it, it can work. It's it's a tightrope. Best way to your call, Kyle. I feel so like I was saying like, talk. but even but even with the fantasy football strategy, if you're going to draft a running back, you're drafting the running back that's a dual threat. 
you're you're not going to take a guy who can only yeah Yeah. so that's also a shift in philosophy there the for running backs like you know taylor barkley for them to really get paid they probably need like derrick henry to lead the titans to the super bowl until that happens and we know that teams will copy each other it's just going to keep going this way because we know the chiefs aren't going to change their philosophy the Eagles aren't going to change theirs. And those are the top teams right now. And everybody just wants to be like them, even though they kind of have to look inward and realize they're not like the Colts should pay Jonathan Taylor because they're not set up like the Chiefs and the Eagles are. But, they should trade them and get something for them because they're not doing anything with them for the next two years, in my opinion. They're not. They I mean, yeah. but listen, the Miles Sanders thing is an interesting point you bring up. Uh, the Eagles, I think part of the reason – they didn't resign him was because of what Gene was talking about. And listen, DeAndre Swift having a, a, a dangerous pass catcher out of the backfield and a dynamic to that offense. Miles Sanders was not, he was barely serviceable as a pass catcher out of the backfield. It was awful. As equal, it's funny when you hear people talk about your team nationally and they're like, I don't know why they'll get Miles Sanders the ball more. I laugh at myself. I'm like, obviously, you haven't seen the Eagles game. So, I mean, you know. But listen, he he was a, a serviceable running back. But you know, again, I'm surprised he got. And he was smart for taking that money. He was damn smart for taking that money because the knock on him in Philly was he couldn't catch the ball, and he was always not healthy when you needed him. I mean, it just seemed to be he was always hurt at the wrong damn time. And I'm not saying he did it on purpose, but listen, your best ability is your availability. That's number one, man. If you can't get on the field, you ain't getting paid. You know. His agent was like, yeah, you better take that money. Put on that Lone Ranger mask and fly that. I'll drive you to Carolina right now in my mom's minivan. Let's go. So. Pride right. doesn't help. I mean, t- pride doesn't hurt that Frank Reich is the coach in Carolina. Yep. Saw the kind of offenses he ran with Jonathan Taylor. So Sanders could look at that as an opportunity for him to be a feature and with a rookie quarterback. Spot on. Let's move on. We have the NFC West breakdown today. We have the AFC West breakdown today. Do y'all want to start in the AFC? Do y'all want to start in the NFC? I, I like I like both of these. It's hard. Do I like pepperoni or extra cheese? Mm-hmm. Let's go AFC. Say, I'm just going to go with Kyle said. We got NFC. All right. NFC? Yep. Here we go. Don't hate it. So we'll start with going over the over-unders. When we go over the over under each team, we'll break down each team and what we're thinking, how they'll finish in the division. We'll start at the bottom. Arizona Cardinals. Over under is four and a half games. Do you think they go over? Do you think they go under? And what do you think you see this year with the Arizona Cardinals? Kyle, start us off. I'm going under because I figure, you know, Kyler Murray doesn't play a lot of the season. By the time he comes back, they probably have like one win if they're lucky. And then, then at that point, what are you really pay, uh, playing him for? You might as well just take the draft pick. So I think four and a half is wildly too high. I mean, that's putting a lot of faith in Colt McCoy along with an offense that's centered around Connor and Hollywood Brown, a defense that's lost people the past couple of years. Yeah, I'm going under. I mean, they won four last year. So. Give me the under. No, the funny part is that part of the schedule that I would pick them to win a few games if they were fully healthy is the beginning of their schedule, and you know they're not going to have anyone yeah. there. Like they start off at the Commanders, you could see them winning that with Kyler. They'd probably be favored, 
Then they have a home game versus the Giants. You can see them winning that game also if they had Kyler. They have a home game versus the Cowboys. I think Kyler's undefeated versus the Cowboys. And then they go to Frisco. Then they play at San Fran, the Bengals, at the Rams, at the Seahawks, the Ravens, at the Browns. They play that AFC North. That's what makes it so difficult. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think they go under also. I think they're going to be atrocious. And I think that Jonathan Gannon's a terrible coach. I think he'll be a terrible head coach, just like he, I think he was a terrible defensive coordinator. I think they go under to four and a half. Godfrey? That organization is a dumpster fire. Okay. It is four homeless guys sitting around a can burning all the Arizona documents and it trying to keep some warmth. They stink. And I'm not saying it's because I don't like Jonathan Gannon. I don't. Um, I just pulled up a headline. Kyler Murray taking day-to-day approach to knee, re- knee rehab. His return remains unclear. I don't have a timetable. Direct quote. Wow. Okay. Sure. Um, maybe he does now. Maybe that's been updated. I've always been down on Kyler Murray. I'm, I, I, I'm going to get to see how bad he wants it because he's got to do a lot of rehab and come back. And then, you know, I think Gene's right. It's going to be the Caleb Williams sweepstake. This franchise has drafted people before early and moved on in short order, although they just paid this guy a lot of money. I think they're going to go. I think they want Caleb Williams. I mean, I, I just don't see any other any other objective for them season than, than getting the number one pick. Okay, let's move on. The, the second worst team in the division by projections. They have the uh, – Los Angeles Rams, L.A. Rams over under is sitting at. Let's see it right quick. NFC West, L.A. Rams over under sitting at six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. Over or under six and a half. Stafford back, Cooper Cup back, but they lost a lot of talent. Yeah. They still didn't revamp that offensive line. Godfrey, why don't you start us off on this one? You going over? You going under? And at half is such a pain in the ass. Um, you think they go six and six and eleven? Yeah, I really do. I mean, I, I was down on them last year, and you know, you have you can't miss in the later rounds. You have to be really, really good if you're going to trade around draft capital the way they did. And you know, I don't know. The Staffords don't want it. They say he's healthy. His wife probably doesn't want him to play. He's had back issues. Cooper Cup is not, you know, he got hurt last year. He's had some hobbles in camp so far. I mean, I don't think you're going to see the Cooper Cup of two years ago anymore, right? I, I Maybe you do. You know, they changed their offense up toward the end of the season. I just don't see enough there to make a playoff push even in a weak NFC, let alone get out of the NFC West. So they're, they're oh. definitely going to be under. I also think their schedule is absolutely brutal. They can possibly start one and four. I think it's likely they start one and four. They open up at Seattle. Then they play the 49ers. Then they have to go to Cincinnati. Then they play at Indianapolis. And then they play the Eagles. I don't, you know, what do you give them? One win out of those five games? I, I'm going to go under. I think they have a tough schedule. And, and that, that division's playing the toughest division in the AFC, the AFC North. I don't think there's any doubt there. It's the toughest division in football. Yeah, and, and uh unless Stenson Bennett does his best 
Kurt Warner impression and comes off the bench and Matthew Stafford gets injured, I'm not so sure that uh, it's going to be any different there. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm looking at who the backup quarterback is. And right now, they got Stinson Bennett listed as number two on the depth chart. We'll see. If hey, no Georgia slander here, sir. Georgia, <laughs> you're talking about back to back national champion Stetson Bennett. Put some respect on that man's name. Yeah, I would uh, I would put more respect on Case Cookus before him personally. What? I'm sorry. I'm just saying we're talking pro, not college here, man. Oh like, man, don't be talking about my 27 year old Stetson Bennett, <laughs> oldest college quarterback of all time. It'd be interesting. Wait, he was older than Winky. Winky no, was pretty no, old. It's a joke. He's seven years Winky, college, like 29 or something when he won national I think championship. He was 27 or 28. It's crazy. Wild. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I agree with you guys. Uh, Rams under. I think yeah, they'll be closer I, to the number, though. Yeah, and, I think six is probably, you know, with a couple of weeks in hand, maybe make it interesting. But I think they fall under with six wins. I just don't like the whole McVay stepping away, then coming back, and the pieces they lost not replacing it. It's almost like they're, like, punting on the season anyway. And I think there's a good chance we probably see Stetson Bennett at some point. And he might give them a shot in the arm and win a game or so, but – yeah, I'm not. I'm not too high on Stafford or that Rams team this year. I'm surprised okay. Sean Gay's still coaching. I, 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 I take him for the type of guy that bails in a bad situation. I'm sorry, it's just, it's just the way I feel. <laughs> like, I, That's I, what I thought he, he was, was doing. Yeah, me too. I'm surprised he came back. I really did. It was almost like he was pontificating or whining because he didn't really have the players, and you know he doesn't want to be attached to a losing season, even though. They built that team for him to win in the short term. Well, you know, they, they got came. a Super Bowl, bro. You can't argue with it. No, I can't. But I, 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 I'm not a fan of someone like, all right, won the Super Bowl. You did. You dismantled the team for me to win. It. I'm out. You know what I mean? I, I don't like coaches like that. I'm well, sorry. It's just I mean, that's the, that's the uh, that's um, Sean Payton's school of coaching. Well, that was Bruce Arians did it before him, though. Remember that? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> That you know, Nick Saban did it with. The, I'm not leaving, and then he went to went to Alabama. I mean, that or we the Bobby Petrino Award. That's what we call it, the Bobby Petrino Award. We should give that out yearly. That was his okay. name. The, that was the Arkansas coach that left the Falcons in midseason. I remember Nick Saban did it. Left the Dolphins to go to Alabama. Straight up lied on the podium. I am not. <laughs> I am not leaving Miami. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, next on the agenda, Seattle Seahawks, eight and a half wins over under. Hey, smooth. Mm. I'm going to go over because they're, I, I just think this division's weaker this year. They're going to pick up some wins. They're definitely better than the two bottom teams. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm down on both these teams. Someone's got to win this division, though. And I you know, as down as I, I don't think Geno Smith has a repeat or, or I don't maybe he's not going to. I think last year was his ceiling. Um, I think he's a better quarterback than who the 49ers are going to try it out there right now. So, I mean, I, I'm going over. OK, um, I'm going over also. I think that they have one of the best cornerback tandems in the league, and I think they have one of the best receiving combos in the league. I do think that they barely go over, though. I think nine wins is where they sit. And I think the reason for that is they play a very, very tough division. Like I said, the AFC North is tough. 
I could see them going 0 and 4 versus the AFC North. I'll go 9 and 8. Yeah, I agree with that. But I do think Geno Smith could be set up to have another good season. I think JSN, you know, if he's out there on the field, the three of those guys will definitely help him a lot. And JSN could do a lot to take pressure off of DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, you already know what you're getting from him. He's been like the model of consistency for the for the Seahawks. But uh, I think the key for them will probably be, you know, Kenneth Walker and the running back position, their health. Because there's been a few seasons where they've gotten down to the point where they didn't even know who's starting from week to week, and that's really hindered them. And I don't think Geno Smith can overcome that. So if the running backs are healthy, I think Geno Smith has another good year. But I agree. Probably nine wins. And looking at the AFC North, their best bet might be the Steelers to steal a win. But I could see them going 0-4 against them as well. But, yeah, give me nine wins, so I'll take the over. Okay. Um, last but not least, you have the San Francisco 40 whiners. The whiners are 11 and a half over under. Under 11 and a half? That's what their over under is. 49ers uh, over under is 11 and a half. I'll let you guys go first. I like to round out this one. under. You already gave yours away. I, I want to, I got something to say about this though. After you, I just, I'm just, you know, these 49ers, man. The 49ers are going to start 3-1. and one. They're going to lose week one at Pittsburgh, and then they're going to win the next three games. And then the road gets a lot tougher for them. They play the Cowboys, which they might win. They play at Cleveland. They play at Minnesota. They play the Bengals. They play at Jacksonville. They play the Bucks. They play at Seattle. They play at Philadelphia. They play the Seahawks. They play the Ravens. I think they go under. I think they win the division at 10-7. and seven. That's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Can't go even, Key. It's 11 and a half. You think they're going to win 11 or 12? <laughs> they do that on purpose, Key, to screw us. I yeah. mean, I hate the half, but, I mean, they, you have to because it's true. Kyle, are they... Yeah, I mean, I'll take I'll take the under. Mm. Um, I'm with you. It, it, the, the, the thing with me is it's kind of a high number for a team where the quarterback position is so up in the air. Yes, Brock Purdy had a good year last year but he was Mr. Irrelevant nobody really expected that from him if he's your starting quarterback this year everybody knows what he's about I feel like defenses will be better prepared for him and if it's not him I feel like at some point Trey Lance needs to win the job for what they did to go get him but it seems like year in and year out he's just not ready he got his opportunity last year got you know he got injured unfortunately I would love to see what he could do I mean, and then you got Sam Darnold, who some people think could actually start week one if the other two aren't ready. Uh, I I just don't see how that team puts together 11, 12 wins. So tag I'm, me I'm in, Kyle. Tag me in. Tag me in. All you. Hot tag. Listen, I just heard the word Sam Darnold. Kyle's not wrong. Either Kyle Shanahan is an assurance salesman full of bullshit. Or he's saying, can I, sh- I want to, the, the Godfrey wants to share something with you guys. I want to share direct words. This is from July 27th out of Kyle Shanahan's mouth. I want to share this. All right. And this is regarding Sam Darnold. I mean, Steve Young took a while to get going. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, Shanahan said. I don't like to compare anyone to Steve, of course, or because uh, of how good he is. But why can't Sam be like that? 
He's got that type of ability. He's that type of person. And I'm just pumped that we could get a talented guy like him here. Now I know that's coach speak and he has to say that stuff, but he always says that. And to me, you don't have to compare him to Steve Young. Right. Right. To me, the 49ers have been living on borrowed time on bad moves and they've been getting lucky. Didn't have a lot. They got a lot of draft capital from compensatory picks. They had to give up a lot of draft capital. They did put money into the running back position because they took over the Christian McCaffrey contract. You lost Brunskill and you lost McGlinchey, big pieces of your offensive line that you really haven't properly replaced in an offense that's a run-heavy zone scheme with the guy that was playing Brock Purdy. If you were so confident in Brock Purdy, and Trey Lance might have ability, he really hasn't had a chance to, to show it if you're really being honest. I mean, he got hurt. He really hasn't had enough time to show it. I don't know if he has ability or not, but my point is they made that pick. They moved up to draft that guy. All right. They got Brock Purdy. They got lucky there. And you're so confident in Brock Purdy. Not understands that your coach is waxing poetic about Steve Young and comparing him to Sam Darnold. I hope Steve Young heard that and projectile vomited it. Like, you got to be kidding me like that. Like, dude, Sam Darnold. Like, if you see him talk and you and the, seeing ghost things and all that, like, you can talk to this guy like, this guy ain't it. He's not it. No, he's not. There's, I will dance naked in the streets if Sam Darnold ever leads a team to the playoffs. Bro, you can't say that. Brock Purdy just did, and I think Sam Darnold's got more more talent than Brock Purdy. Does he? I don't I know do. about that. Well, I, I mean, and I'm not high on Brock Purdy. I mean, listen, I just – Sam Darnold – I just don't think is that guy, and I don't know what he saw in his four years, five years in the league beforehand, where he thinks that this dude has Steve Young esque talent. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like that's what I'm saying. Like, can he? Is he trolling everybody, or is he that full of himself? Which could be true with Kyle Shanahan that's, that that's he it. thinks you nailed it. You nailed it. He can turn Sam Darnold into Steve Young, and that is the problem with Kyle Shanahan. He thinks he's smarter you than everyone. You nailed it, though, bro. You nailed it. Kyle Shanahan thinks he's smarter than everybody in the room. That's what he does. Kyle Shanahan constantly does that. I can win with anybody. That's why he – listen, Trey Lance is going to get traded out of there because Brock Purdy did exactly what Kyle Shanahan told him to do, and they were successful. Problem is this, right? You can win regular season games, but playoff games are a different atmosphere. They're a different animal. Go watch that San Francisco-Dallas playoff game. You tell me how good Brock Purdy was in that game. The only reason they won that game is because Dak Prescott threw the ball to the 49ers twice and dropped it once. Don't lie to yourself. And then that final score was that, 19-9? Am I mistaken? I, let me just pull that exact score up. It, it, did, it didn't break the 30s. I'll tell you that. 49ers playoffs. 19-12 was the final score, and the 49ers scored 10 in the fourth quarter. So let's see what the, 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 the stats said to you. Brock Purdy was 19 of 29 for 214, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Dakota Rain Prescott, 23 of 37, 206, one touchdown, two interceptions, and a fumble lost. I love seeing him get picked off uh, for a pick six in Cowboys camp. It's, it's, it's warmed my heart like a campfire. I was like, oh, that's – Football's back. <laughs> I just <laughs> tier four, maybe tier five, John. Maybe I'm a hater. I don't mean to be a hater on Brock Purdy. I just I think that he did what the coach asked him to do. 
and they had nothing really on them. I'm telling you, when the book gets out on you in the NFL, you have to show more than just doing what the coach tells you to do. The defense of the, the Niners shut him down for the most part. And on top of that, look at the back end of that schedule where he was a starter. He did not play good defenses. I'm sorry he didn't. And when he got to good defenses, they shut him down or knocked him out the game like the Eagles game. Uh, when you you're know. talking about and when you're talking about uh you know Sam Darnold, you notice the man's never had a QBR over fifty in his career. Not one season. So uh, you know I, what? I think Trey Lance is their best chance, and I think I'm happy that they're they're, they're talking about getting rid of him. That's great to me. I love that. Give me get Trey Lance out of there. Get him on the Buccaneers. That would be the perfect fit. You got two trash quarterbacks trying to start over there. You get go go add Trey Lance with Mike Evans and Chris Goblin, and you watch what happens down there. Yeah, you can get them. You can get them for pennies. Not pennies on a dollar, but you'll get them at a discount, right? Because super discount. Yeah, the 49ers give up the world to get them at three. It blew my mind. I, I actually put $50 that the Niners were going to take Justin Fields because I thought, well, this makes sense. That's the next best quarterback in that draft after Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, mm-hmm. the fuck? It was like, I never believed they were going to take Mac Jones. And everybody was talking that mess. And I'm like, they traded up to take Trey Lance. This dude hasn't played football in a year plus. I don't know. He could still be good. But I, I think that it's not fair to really fully judge him yet because he hasn't played enough games. I see that athletic ability, but yeah, man, I, the 49ers, I, I think Gina's inspired me by letting me know if I'm getting 11 and a half, I'm going to bet the under tonight. I'm throwing a hundo on an 11 and a half under for the 49ers confidently tonight. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's move over to the AFC, AFC West. We got the AFC West next week. We're going to do the North or the South. I'll let you guys choose in the chat. I think we should do the South though. I really believe that, but I'll let y'all choose next week. We'll do the North or the South. We're ending with the Easts. So AFC West predicting the over unders. Uh, this is my best one, my my favorite one. We'll start from the bottom to the top. This is my best bet of the entire year. The Las Vegas Raiders over and under seven and a half wins. I cannot wait. I can, I, I, guys, I don't, I don't bet football anymore. I don't bet anything anymore. I'm betting this. This is how confident I am. Yeah. Kyle, what do you it's, think? Over under seven and a half. Las Vegas. It seems like an easy one, easy under. I, I mean, you you don't know how many games you're gonna get a Jimmy G. Even if he starts week one, it's just to start the clock down before he has to miss some games. They have the whole Josh Jacobs thing that they haven't sorted out. You know, Waller's gone. How how long into the season before you know we start hearing about Adams being disgruntled and. Yeah, I I, th- I think this season blows up in the Raiders' face, so I think it's an easy under seven and a half. Oh, man. Jimmy Garoppolo left practice today, where it was known as the pitch count. They're really trying to give him as little first team snaps as possible. Already, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if Jimmy could stay healthy. I, I, I have a feeling the 49ers are a propensity for injury on that side of the ball. Um, I don't know if it's just bad luck, but we'll see. I seven and a half. I think I would probably go under too. I mean, listen, this is just a bad organization. There, there's just really no way to no way to spin it. I mean, they could have picked up. They they thought they were slick and they fucked themselves. If they picked up the fifth year option on Josh Jacobs, we're not having this conversation, right? 
they declined it. Am I correct? Yeah, well, last year they had Josh Jacobs in the Hall of Fame game. They had Samir White as literally their lead back going into the season, and Josh Jacobs blew up. Here's the thing, right, Godfrey, and I don't I don't mean to interrupt you. The, the Las Vegas Raiders are going to go way under. It's my best bet of the year on over-unders. I think they'll be in the Caleb Williams sweet stake, and I think that's where Caleb Williams plays next year. I think the Las Vegas Raiders win three football games this year. I have them going three and 14. I mean, Three and fourteen. That Josh, you know, Josh McDaniels brings over Jacoby Myers. I guess that's the Hunter Renfro replacement. You know, uh, whatever you know, it may be. Um, I just look at Josh McDaniels and like they're they do they're doing Josh McDaniels type of stuff. McDaniels is good at McDaniels. I want I mean, you to do me a favor. I'm going to go through this Raiders schedule and you find me four wins. Can you help me with that? Open a week at Denver. Loss. Loss. Raiders at the Bills. Loss. Steelers. Loss. At the Chargers. Loss. I'll stop on this one. Packers at Raiders. That's gonna, oh, man. Uh, I'm taking the Packers, but I'll stop here. I'll let you guys pick it. Uh, Packers. I'm going I, yeah. Packers. Yeah. Raiders. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Patriots at Raiders. Bill's revenge. Yeah, it, I I hope so. They better not lose that game. But yeah. You know, so, Bill's having nightmares about that game from last year still, right? So yeah. right now we have Mo and seven. Oh, and six. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raiders at Bears. Justin Fields has more MVP votes than anyone. Oh well, yeah, that's Bears. That's Bears. Lost at Lions. Lost. Lost. You might play the Giants at home. Maybe a win. I don't know. Are we talking about their first win being in November? They play the Jets, then at the Dolphins, then the Chiefs, then the Vikings, then the Chargers, then the Chiefs. They're going to win three football games. It is the easiest bet in the world. Mortgage your house. Mortgage your house. I mean, after reading that, three could even be a stretch because I could see a team being – less and less motivated as the deeper we get into the season. They're going to look and be like, where's Rich Passaccio? Where's Derek Carr? We love these guys. Where are they at? The Raiders are going to be the worst team in full. Caleb Williams will be the the coach, the quarterback there, and they'll hire a new coach to coach Caleb Williams because that idiot, Josh McDaniels, is going to be right out the door where he belongs. They fired Rich Bisaccio and got rid of Derek Carr for Josh McDaniels. I want you to think about that, Derek Bolcott. Mr. Bolcott owner, Mark Davis, look like wearing a damn wig. That is the worst haircut I've ever seen in humankind. In my life. Looks like he put a bowl over his head and cut around it. I mean, I shave my head and I secretly want hair back, but when I look at him, I don't. I don't, you gotta, I don't ever want here again. It's embarrassing. The Raiders are going to be the worst team in football. Yeah. I I truly believe, it. dude. The and I'll get into the Falcons next week. The Falcons are my other under. I love I, guys. I'm betting these heavy. Godfrey, mortgage your house. I think it's time. Take maybe a loan. I'll, maybe I'll parlay par, parlay that with the two Bay Area. Well, I'm sorry, they're in Las Vegas, not anymore. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, I, I kind of I secretly root against teams that screw over cities like that, but that's just me. So I, I hope they I hope they lose every. Their season. schedule is terrible. Yeah, it's and they're in a brutal division to be in too. 
I mean, it's brutal that, that that's the it's such a brutal division. Their depth chart is so bad too. They have Devontae Adams and like a bunch of who's who's at wide receiver, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. I Austin Hooper and Michael Mayer are gonna be they're gonna try to play. Oh, two Hunter's still there. there. He's still Hunter. there. Yeah, uh, Hunter Renfro is still there. Okay. Their defense is terrible. They got two edge rushers, and that's it on their whole defense. And then Mo Rig, and then Marcus Epps is starting for them at safety. You guys know who Marcus Epps is, being Philadelphia Eagles fans. Their linebacking core is awful. Their interior of their defensive line is terrible. Guys, I'm not trying to – dude, they're – besides Dylan Parham at left guard, they have Colton Miller, who's a first-round draft pick. They have – uh, James uh, Andre James at their center position, uh, undrafted player. You have Alex Barr, an undrafted right guard, and then you have an Jermaine uh, Munu. I don't even know who the guy is. He's he's um at the right tackle. Their offensive line stinks. They are going to be terrible this year. Terrible. Mm. Got to move on. Seven fifty four. We're, we're running running up against it. Um. Next one on the docket, Denver Broncos, eight and a half wins, over, under. Over to the moon. What are you, what is this, Dogecoin to the moon? <laughs> I'll ride a Dogecoin all the way to Mile High Stadium if it was still around. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going over all day. I are think you over all day, like clearly over? You think 10, 11, 12 wins? I think they could get 10 wins, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yep, I feel strongly about it. Javante Williams is going to play in the preseason. Like I said, he's coming back. Look at running backs. We've talked about this before under in a Sean Payton system. I think there's talent on this team. I think they didn't have the coaching to unlock the talent. I think Sean Payton will rein Russell Wilson in. Um, I think people are writing them off. And I think they're going to be better than the Chargers. Call me, say what you want, but um, Chargers have a big handicap. We'll talk about that later. And it ain't the players. So, <laughs> I mean – Listen, any team that's starting Alex Singleton as one of their start linebackers, I don't have too much confidence in. But uh, I'll say nine and eight. I'll say they barely go over Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. worst video. <laughs> Let's ride. Uh, I'll go over. I think more like Gene. I think it's a nine, ten if they're lucky. I do expect Peyton to get more out of. Uh, Russ than Nathaniel Hackett could ever do, even though Nathaniel Hackett got all cry over his comments. But I, I just think it's a better Denver team, although I didn't like seeing Patrick getting hurt in practice. That dude's always hurt now all of a sudden. And if the wide receiver group can stay healthy, yes. But, yeah, I'll go over with nine wins. I mean, outside of like him being a nice guy, we don't really – like why do we care if Tim Patrick's hurt? He's not going to play for them. Well, I'm just saying. He would have been, the, been their third. He been a, he, yeah, I mean, he drafted Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims is going to be their third. He was going to be their slot regardless. They got Sutton and Judy, and Marvin Mims was going to be their third no matter what. Tim Patrick's a fringe fourth or fifth wide receiver. I feel bad he got injured, but, like, it doesn't matter. Judy has Let to show this question real quick. Let me ask you a question real quick, Godfrey. If uh, if Deion King got hurt in practice today and got knocked out again, knocked out for the season, do you think that would affect the Eagles over under? No, and that's the point, right? Like, come on, I feel bad for the guy, but don't lie. Yeah, well, I no, think it's uh, mainly because their wide receiver position. It's been who who stays healthy. Like Sutton's yeah. missed time. Judy's been 
Hamler's hurt again. Yeah. Hamler's done. Hamler's yeah. done. And, uh, you know, this is Judy's year where he has to show out. And I, I really feel like if you can't show out this year, he, I feel like he is their version of Michael Thomas in under Sean Payton. I could see him totally running a similar route tree. Um, you know, will Russell be able to execute it? We'll see. He's not Drew Brees, but I, I think it's totally possible. And Judy's always had very good route running skills. This is the year where he has to show up because, you know, whether it's quarterback play or injury, it just hasn't gone well for him so far. The talent's there, but you need, he's got to put it all together. Okay. Let's move on. Los Angeles Chargers. We got some people that love the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. Look at Los Angeles Chargers over-unders, nine and a half. Loved them last year too, right? Hey, what's your thoughts on the Chargers? Nine and a half. Uh, Godfrey, you want to go last, don't you? I feel like you have like a like a whole breakdown of this. I, I'll, yeah, I'll go last. I'll, I'll let you guys. I mean, I I could see the Chargers being nine ten again, but then that puts it right around the nine and a half. I'll go. I'll say they find a way and they go over the they go ten and seven again like they did last year, but I, I think it's going to be tricky late in the year. I mean they have all the talent. I think Quentin Johnston's going to be a good addition. the The holdback is still with Staley. Like I, I just feel like the the way that playoff game went going into this year, if it doesn't start out well, then their season could really take a turn to the left. But I got faith in the talent on the team. They get to 10 wins. I'll take the over. They have too much talent on this team. Yeah. They're going to go way over, I think. I think they win 12 okay. games, if I'm being honest with you. The Chargers, and it might actually save Brandon Staley's job. They might give him a uh, – I don't think he deserves to, right? I think that you know, they brought in an offense coordinator, uh, Dallas's offense coordinator. Why am I missing Kellen the name? Moore. Kellen Moore. I think that the offense will look better. They added Quentin Johnston in their first yeah. round. You still have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Rashawn Slater's back from injury. Corey Lindsley's under center. They have a good offensive line. They have good weapons. Austin Eckler's still there. Justin Herbert's good. And then you go to the defensive side of the ball. They have stud after stud after stud. You have right now, and this is just what I'm looking at, mm -hmm. Dante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, they drafted Tuli Tulalapa from Alabama. Kid's a stud in the second round. They got a lot of talent, and if they can just rely on playing defense, and Brandon Staley can just focus on the defense, and Kellen Moore can work on the offense, I think that they win 12 games. I think they go 12 and 5. Um, even even uh, the guy that's yelling for Chargers to win the division has them 11 and 6. Oh, that wasn't him. John Suggs said that. I'm sorry. Listen, uh, you guys have seen the movie Rambo before, right? Yep. Yes. You saw Rambo 2. After Rambo 2, there was no mystery into the plot and how it's going <laughs> to play out, right? You know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know you know the ending. They, we're, we're doing this again. They were 10-7 and 7 last year. They had a ton of talent. They traded for Khalil Mack. They, they, they had this great defense. Brandon Staley is a mush, okay? Every year he fucks it up. They're going to go 10 and 7. They're going to be 
fighting with the Broncos for a playoff spot, and somehow he's going to forget that he has no timeouts left and blow the fucking game, and it's going to be a tie game like it was against the Raiders, and somehow they missed the playoffs. Listen, they, two years ago, they had the Chiefs twice dead to rights, and he's a defensive coach, so they say. And then he gets into the playoffs and gives up a comeback win against Dougie P and the Jaguars. I see nothing from this coach that I know everybody's high on Kellen Moore, but that doesn't mean that it's going to translate through the team. Will you get more production in the offense? Most likely. But I know that Kellen Moore is going to be the next head coach as Brandon Staley gets fired because Justin Herbert's there for a while now, and he's going to say, no more. I can't play for this That's guy. That's exactly He's what they're gone. doing. They're setting that up perfectly. If their offense has a great year and their defense holds them back in the playoffs, they're going to fire Brandon Staley, promote Kellen Moore. That's why I think they win 12 games. I think their offense is going to be fine. He's and the anti-Nick Sirianni, Brandon Staley is. He's the anti-Nick Sirianni. And Listen, it, we talk just, about this all the time, Godfrey. He's a white coach in the NFL. He's going to get all the chances in the world. Yeah, any place for a bad organization that got lucky getting a good quarterback for once in their life. And I just look at, like, I don't, it's not the talent. I think the talent's there. I think this is going to be one of those teams where you're like, man, they have so much talent. I mean, just, if you, if we play pregame and pigskin back from last year, I guarantee we're saying the same shit. I might've been a little bit different because I wasn't down on this, but like, I, I was out on this dude after he let the Chiefs come back on him twice in that two seasons ago. He could have won the division and he didn't. And I, I'll say this. They have the most looked for. I look forward to their week one game more than any game this year. Like their week one game is the most, in my opinion, the most intriguing game week one. You know who they play week one? They got the Dolphins at home. You got Waddle Hill fantasy football heaven game one. Yeah. I mean, and Mike Williams, good receiver, but he gets hurt a lot, man. Like Quentin. He's got to step up and take his job. Uh, you know, is is isn't that the Mike Williams replacement? Quentin John? Yeah, God, well, I don't know. I don't know who's replacing who. They drafted him because they don't plan on re-signing both of them. Guarantee you that. And and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. The Chargers have a heap of of receivers in the back. They have Joshua Palmer still there. Mm-hmm. From Tennessee, Love Josh Palmer. Drafted. So do I. I mean, he's looked great in training camp too. They also got Jalen Guyton, who looked good last year. He's not a bad receiver. They have a plethora of wide receivers. You know who else they have on that depth chart? John Hightower. Remember him? Jesus. Yeah, I remember John Hightower. Sitting around six or seven on a depth chart. Probably won't make the team. but You know, people should hire his agent. That dude keeps getting on teams. That's all I know. <laughs> Someone when like When it. you have speed in the NFL, they'll always find a spot for you. Yeah. Yeah, like Quez Watkins. Don't I should have talked about that on Birds Deep. Didn't bring it up about how he wants to be elite. Elite my ass. Like, um, last but not least, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at 11 and a half. Godfrey, why don't you start us off with them? Uh, man, you know, just I'm going to go over. Um, I, I think you're one of those teams where, like, they can go through the ebbs and flows. You got such a great coach there that can guide them. Great program in place. You got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know, I think they'll get 12 wins. AFC is a little bit tough, so it'll be harder to get to that 13-14 threshold unless they really go on a run. I think they're going to have a little bit of, you know, it's hard to tell with Andy Reid because, you know, watching so many years of him coach the Eagles, 
he drafted receiver and he made he had some misses, but even when he didn't, except for one guy, they don't usually pop off the first year. I like Rashid Rice a lot. Um, I think that's more of a long term development. The Sky Moore step up. You know, everybody's high on Kadarius Tony. I think he's the modern day Percy Harvin. You can't trust him to be healthy enough. Uh, he's hurt again, right? So um we'll we'll see what happens there. But you know, Patrick Mahomes has proven to be that guy where he can he can make it happen with what he has, right? So, yeah, I'm going to go over. Okay. Kyle? Uh, yeah, I'll probably go over. I was looking at their schedule really quickly. I mean, they have an interesting stretch in the middle of the season when you got Denver, Chargers, Denver, Miami, Philly. I mean, could they get a couple of losses in there? Maybe. But I, I just think with the Chargers – I mean, not the Chargers, with the Chiefs – it seems like you could just book them for 12 at least. And it's just whether or not they want to push for more than that at this point. So I'll take the over 11 and a half and give them 12 wins. I think I the chargers it. will steal one, but I got a name for you guys. And I want you guys to hear this name now and hear it. And listen, if you're in a fantasy football draft and you're out there listening in the last round of your fantasy football draft, and by the time you get to that fantasy football draft, you still, you might not be able to get them in the last round because mm-hmm. no one's talking about them now. But I'm telling you right now, look out for Justin Ross. Kansas City Chiefs. If you don't know who Justin Ross is, let me break him down for you real quick. Justin Ross had a significant injury coming out of college, right? He was – he's an absolute stud, right? He went to Clemson. He played with Trevor Lawrence. He was the number one wide receiver over there. Guy was incredible. Got a really bad injury. The Chiefs signed him as an undrafted free agent. They, they let him sit a red shirt year as injured the whole year. And he came into training camp as like their eighth or ninth guy on the depth chart. He's already moved up to seventh on the depth chart. And he's, if you just Google his name, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes talk about Justin Ross and pre- impressive camp. Justin Ross getting more and more involved in the Chiefs first team offense. Watch Justin Ross make magnificent sliding catch. Justin Ross turning he turning heads at Chiefs camp. Intriguing undrafted wide receiver seems to be on track to make uh, Chiefs 53 man roster. I'm telling you right now, Justin Ross is the guy that breaks out for them. You want to talk about the next cheetah? Mm-hmm. That's the next cheetah. Not Kadarius Tony, not Juju Smith Schuster, who left there last year, not Marquez Valdez Scantling, and not Sky Moore. Sky Moore is going to be your flex, your Rondell Moore type guy. I get it. Justin Ross will end up being the starter on that team by week four, and he is going to have a breakout year. He is going to be a superstar, and I'm calling it now. So be, be aware. I'll take the over. Give me 13 wins for Chiefs, 13 and four. Gentlemen, any final thoughts this week? Yeah. So yeah, I want to play a hypothetical game for the last couple of minutes before we wrap up. Hypothetically, if the Indianapolis Colts decide to trade Jonathan Taylor, give me a landing spot for him, and what do you think it will entail? Like, what do you think they'll get back as far as compensation goes? Jets trade a first round pick. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> that Alvin Cook's going to be a Jet within the next couple of days. I heard his trainer does did not like word of frustrated. He did not like his visit to New York. Okay, I don't know. How, and Pat McAfee show was saying, I don't know how true, but. Um, Kyle, you go. I mean, I'm I'm still thinking where he this guy can land. Uh I mean, maybe selfishly, I would love to see 
like in Chicago, just because I want Justin Fields to do well there. I think Taylor would be good. I mean, judging by Ursay at this point, he'd probably give him away from like a fifth round pick or something just to show how much he doesn't need him. Um, but they should be able to get, you know, maybe like a third and fifth or something. I mean, I don't really know what these NFL trades, but I would oh, like to see him in Chicago. The greatest third baseman in SBA history. My man Brandon Bozak says Jacksonville. I disagree. I think Travis Etienne is going to have a huge yeah. year there. Huge. Mm. Uh, I got two teams, but I'm going to go Minnesota Vikings. Dumma Cook's off the books. Kirk Cousins coming off the books next year. He got some money there. Alexander Madison's uh, already hurt. Alexander Madison's already hurt, predictably. Um, you know, I – they, they got the kid Bro, out of UAP. I got some real estate property in Iowa. If you guys think some beachfront property in Iowa, if you think that Alexander Madison is going to walk in and be uh top RB in fantasy football, I hear that so many people talking about that. That's He's so wild. Atrocious. That reminds me like that is the old age story of the next guy in line. That's the backup. is going to take over. The run scheme is different than it was two years ago. Um, the, you know, I think Gary Kubiak's son was, was running things a couple years ago and, you know, it's different in Minnesota now. And my, and the funny thing is, Gene, you say that my friend, that's a huge Minnesota fan and never listens to the game. Fuck you, Bill, or this, the show. Fuck you, Bill. If you listen, um, <laughs> you know, he, he thinks that too. And he's actually talking about fantasy football, keeping him in a keeper league. I'm like, and I say to him, I'm like, please keep him. I hope you keep him because he's, he's a nothing. Okay, he's not going to break out. That there's no way, and that's why I think Minnesota would be a perfect landing spot. Maybe my second would be Tampa Bay. I know people are high on the other kid there, but let's be real. If you could bring a JT in there, it might make that team look completely different. You know, if you have an aggressive defense with Todd Bowles, you play on a shorter field. You know, they got the personnel on defense there. You know, having a good running game would would really help uh, Kyle Trask if he wins the job, or even a Baker Mayfield. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, those would be my two two spots. I would go after him, and I just think if the guy's unhappy and you're the Colts and you're rebuilding, you can't expect anything but development this year, especially with the quarterback that they picked. Fucking get something for him before he's not worth anything. Worst thing is he comes in, he's unhappy, and he gets hurt, and you're not getting shit. Guys, I have the perfect landing spot for him. If he gets traded, I don't think he is. I think right. that Ursa is yeah. just going to be a scumbag yeah, about it. Yeah. Oh, my guy, John just stole it. I swear to God. <laughs> I think he goes to the Bears. The Bears have the most cap space left. Ew, Matt that'd e be nasty. Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus, what used to coach in Indianapolis, used to coach with Jonathan Taylor in the building. I think it's a perfect landing spot. They're starting running back right now. It's Khalil Herbert. Yep. You want to talk about giving Justin Fields a little bit of and, – and, don't pretend Jonathan Taylor is going to have problems playing in the cold weather. The kid's from Wisconsin. Played at Wisconsin in college. He will be fine. Jonathan Taylor to the Bears. You heard it here first. And That'd be John amazing. John said it dude. before me. I had it written down, but John said it before me. He's not going to Seattle because Seattle has two-star running backs. You're absolutely correct. Uh, Seattle's – I don't know. I, I, they're playing chess when we're playing checkers. They're literally going, Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, we'll just run one-two all day. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know how serious the injury is, but I had a little concern about Zach Charbonnet because of his shoulder injury. Being a rookie, you need to get into camp, man. And if he's hurt, you know, they, they're saying it's not too serious, but, you know, you can't not use your shoulder when you're a running back. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a good spot, Gene. Patriots or Bears? I, I say Bears. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good spot. Upgraded offensive line, lots of cap room, good pick. I will say this. Do you um do you anybody here watch the show All American? Either one of you guys watch show All American. Zach Charbonnet looks like Jordan, the coach's son. For uh, I put a face to face picture over them. Uh, but Zach Charbonnet looks like Jordan, Jordan Baker from All American. It's hilarious. Just do a side by side. I like Zach Charbonnet though. I really like Zach Charbonnet. Uh, Zach Charbonnet's full shoulder is fine, and he'll play in a mock game tomorrow. Pete Carroll says. Okay. Yeah. So Pete's always, but Pete's always like that guy, like, oh, uh, oh, Chris Carson. Yeah, I'm positive he's doing well. Uh, next week, Chris Carson retires. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's eight fifteen, and the football game is just starting. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? I really appreciate the show. Appreciate everybody hopping in the chat. Marlon Bradley, John Suggs, Key Williams. Jury, we got bows. We had cool, cool was popping in with all the bomb emojis. Appreciate all your, all the support out there, Sports Empire Network. My man Mel was in here earlier. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to uh, to give you all a shout out. And any final thoughts, Godfrey? Yeah, happy uh, happy start of preseason football day. Preseason football day. Kyle Edwards, any final thoughts? No, same thing as Godfrey said. It, it's football. Great time of the year, and I, I'm just happy. I uh, I will wrap up the show with one phrase. I, before I do that, I, I'll give you guys. Uh, I won't I won't give any context behind it, but I will I will thank Kyle Edwards and D Godfrey for everything they do. I thank Cool McCain and Sports Empire Network. Uh, love working with you guys, Catrell and Bill. Love working with Wire to Wire. I'm gonna wrap up the show one one phrase. When the grass is cut, the snakes will show. Thank you for tuning in to Pregame and Pigskin. I'm Gene Walzak. That's the Godfrey. And that's the Prince Production, Kyle Edwards. And we are signing out. Yep. Good night. Mm-hmm.